0: Good morning, all seasons. It's good to see you. I'm so sorry that I was, uh, gone last week, but I'm not sorry because I got a chance to spend at least a couple days with my son. I mean, at least did before he headed off to New Mexico to the next place he's got to go. And, and I'll, I won't see him for a few more months now, but, uh, I know it was the start of our, uh, campaign and, and I want to thank all of you that began to turn your cards in and we started the process. We, we'll do it all through March. And, and if you don't, uh, Kind of like, can you can you you know remind us of this during this month? This is commitment cards, and you'll see them out in the foyer and different things. And and all we asking you to do right now, we take in the offering. You'll you'll see different offering uh, envelopes out there. It says Kingdom Builders. If you want to give into the into that the building program, what we're doing, then just grab a Kingdom Builder, stick that in there. anytime over the next two years, you can uh, put a check. You know, car keys, whatever it is you want to donate. Uh, you just drop it in there. We'll we'll, we'll work from there, and uh, and so just that's that's the way we'll give. But our commitment cards allow us to know kind of an idea of what people are pledging, what they're committing over the next two years. You may put a dollar a week, you may put ten dollars, a week, whatever it may be, and you tear off this little section that is your reminder to keep in the Bible. And it just kind of reminds you what you do. We're not going to call you. We're not we're not going to come back in a year and say you owe us the. It, it's not that this is just between you and God and just saying if I if God blesses me, this is what I want to be able to do. So, you know, Pastor, why are you doing it? Because when March is over, I'm through. And so you'll it'll all be out there, but I'm not going to mention this anymore. We're 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 moving on. And so the month of March is our pledge month. It's our giving month. It's our it's our praying about what God would have us to do. And then uh, then we just start moving into it and getting after it, which, you know, if you look outside, we already are. But, but we'll be settled. I want to thank you for your prayers. I, I traveled to uh, three different uh, locations this this weekend and uh, spe- spoke at three different sessions to different pastors. And, uh, and so finally drove in last night about 11 o'clock uh, from that last one and, and got a, just a great response. And just be in prayer that, that those pastors will go to their churches, show the video, and will be a part of what we're trying to do for the kids of Mississippi uh, we just want to build a camp that that we can um, just just see lives change just to kind of give you an idea. our youth this weekend are at a at a camp they wasn't able to go to Winterfest uh and missed it last year and it's just been a long time since our youth have been anywhere and so they decided we're going to go just down here to one of the camps and we're just going to rent it for the weekend. They got like five other youth groups to go into with them, and so there's like sixty something people down there and uh the last report I got, I think a couple of our kids already got saved. Uh, and, and these are kids that we work with all the time. These are not just just church kids. These are kids that, that you they've been in this situation now for a couple of days where God can talk to them and speak to them. And that's what it's all about. With young people, we need to create places and opportunities where they can just be saturated with. Us older people, man, you play a few Christian songs and, man, we we, we good. With young people, they can sit there for two services. You know, just give you that look. And you're like, I don't know if that kid's ever going to break. And then all of a sudden, you'll see a tear. You'll see them walk to an altar. And you're like, it just takes time. And so thank you for being a part of all that we're trying to do and touching as many lives as we can for the kingdom as long as we can. So this morning, uh, we're, we're on our second part. And uh, last week or week before last, I dealt with what was the subject? seasons. And what's our, what was our first season? I know you loved it. Winter. Winter was our first season that, that we began. And I know it's going to sound strange because I brought a tree out here a couple of weeks ago that was had what? Nothing on it. I'm going to give you a surprise. This is the same tree. That's the same tree that I had out here Two weeks ago, I just set it outside in the sunshine, and the weather began to change. And guess what? I told Adriana this morning, I said, bring it in. I said, that is perfect. We're coming out of winter and going into spring. And, and, and don't that look a whole lot better than that twig I was walking around with a couple of weeks ago? It's like it's like just that stick in the dirt, and you're like, oh, man. And I, now look, it's, it's like, Wow. What what is spring in our lives? We know what winter is. We talked about that. Winter is that season where God begins to prune back things that are not growing. He prunes back things that that, that need to be stronger next year. Some things are dead in our lives, and He needs to remove them utterly because they're never going to be productive in our life. And and so. It, Winter is the hardest time. You don't get to see anything. It doesn't look like anything's working. It feels like all God's do is cutting, and all God's do is telling me what I'm not doing right and what things aren't going right. And so winter is a tough time. But winter is the promise that spring is next. Winter is the promise that God says, the reason I'm still cutting is because I don't cut on dead things. I cut on things that are alive that I know. In fact, he puts it this way, those that I love, I leave alone, right? No, he said, those that I love, I chastise. If I love you, I chastise you. We were studying in our Bible study this week, us men, and and as we went through uh, the chapter in Proverbs, and, and all through that chapter, and, and I, I just got to the end, I said, guys, I want you to see this in, in Proverbs 13 and I said notice how all through the chapter all through the chapter it's like the righteous does this the wicked does this the righteous does this the wicked and I said then it gets to the end and it says a father that doesn't correct his child hates his child and I thought why why is that there because what he's done is he said if you believe what I'm telling you if you believe that the If you do right, this is going to happen, or you do wrong, this is going to happen. Then how can you look at your child later and say, well, it doesn't matter what you do? So you don't, you don't correct them out of not knowing. You correct them in the fact of, I'm correcting you because I know what's going to happen if I don't correct you. And I love you so much that I'll let you stick your lip out at me. I love you so much you may not even want to talk to me for a day, but I can live with it. I, I, I know that what I'm trying to do is help you find life if I didn't care about you at all, I'd just cross my arms and say, fine, let it happen. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just laugh at you when that. That's not love. Love's on the front end. So we don't like winter, but we move into spring. Now, this morning, go with me to the Song of Solomon. This is you don't hear a lot of messages from the Song of Solomon, but the fact is, I need to use these scriptures this morning because from the Song of Solomon, this this erotic love story that, that takes place. And if you don't know the Song of Solomon, it is, it is the, the poetry, the love poetry of the Bible. It is not used a lot because a lot of times people just don't know how to handle that, don't want to really deal with it because it's got a lot, some erotic stuff in it. But what it's trying to do is it's trying to show you a picture. Basically, there is a king and this king is wanting to marry and, and, and have this Shudamite woman fall in love with him. And instead of coming in his robes and his glory and all of this, he, he dresses up as an old shepherd. He, he, he is a, is acting like a shepherd. He, he, he lives out and, and, and he takes the role of a shepherd and sees if he can win the heart of this Shudamite woman. And at the end, she finally falls in love with him. She finally realized, I can't live without you. And then he reveals to her, I'm a king. It's the story of what Jesus does this first coming. Jesus came in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, having no reputation, having nothing. And what was he trying to do? Trying to get his people to fall in love with him. But now, in the story, the Shunammite woman does. But in in the Jewish world, Israel does what? Rejects him. He rejects him, and he says, "Well, then I'll, I'll 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 return. Next time when I return, you'll see who I really am, and you'll love me for sure." But it's the story of trying to find love. Now, now go with me in the Bible and listen to how he uses certain seasons to describe love. Certain seasons. My beloved is like the gazelle of the young stag. Behold, he stands behind the wall. He looks through the windows, gazing through the lattice. Now, he's, she says, listen, my, my beloved is not just coming after me. My beloved stands in the shadows. And he stands there just where I can get a glimpse of him. I can't fully see him. It's, it's just enough to where it's like, why? why? Why does it just come out? Why does he just, just say, hey, here I am? You know, like, like picking up a girl, I guess they do these days. You just drive it in the parking, you know, in their driveway and honk the horn twice. So here I am. Don't do that at my house. It won't go well for you. But, but he doesn't do this. He, he just shows enough. Why? Listen to the next verse. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and do what? He says, I've, I've shown you just enough to make you have to get up and come toward me. Anytime you ever pray to God, like, God, just just show me what you want. Just tell me what you want. I'll, and God just shows you just enough. And it's like, but it's like, well, God, just tell me how it's going to work out. And, I'll, and God says, I don't work that way. What, what I'm doing in love is I'm going to show you just enough. I'm going to show you just a little bit. I'm going to give you just enough of me so that in faith, you have to decide, will I come out of my comfort, will I come out of my winter, will I come out of my dead zone, will I come out of my uselessness, will I come out of my complaining, will I come out of my misery, will I come out of my loneliness, will I come out, and will I pursue after him and come after him? We, we keep waiting for this God that's just going to come up and just rush us away. And, dr- and God says, I don't ever work that way. I show just enough of me for you to have to decide. Will I follow? Will I chase? And listen to what it says. My beloved spoken, for lo, the winner is... Oh, the winter is past. Notice how he describes it. He says, the winter is past. All the leaves are starting to come back. Everything is starting to come alive. Everything is starting to revive. Winter has passed. I'm here. Well, I can't see you perfectly. Oh no, I know you can't see me perfectly, but I'm here. You you can see the reflection. You can see enough of me to make you realize. See, when I see the leaves on the trees, I don't see any fruit yet. I don't see any pears. I don't see anything coming off. But what it does is, when those leaves start coming out, what it tells me is is it fruits on the way. It tells me that a harvest is coming. It tells me that something's coming alive and something is fixing to change. And in our lives, to come out of winter, God is going to give you a glimpse and he calls it spring. Spring is the most beautiful season. Listen how he says this. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs and the vines and the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, keep going. Oh, my, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cleft, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch us, the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the what? Catch the foxes, the, the ones. It's time of the year to catch the foxes. It's time of the year to some things have to be fought away. Just because it's spring and everything's growing, it doesn't mean that there isn't danger. He says, Oh, be careful right now because there's still some things, even though the leaves, there's things that come along. You know what I see this time of year more than anything? Armadillos. I mean, wintertime, they don't dig in my yard. I don't have any problem. I went out the other day in my whole backyard, just like, like something just been plowing. And I was like, what? But see, it's starting to realize that the roots, and, and I'm smelling the green, and I'm smelling the things, that, and, and I'm digging now for, because things are starting to come alive. And, and you know what? You have to be careful because even though you're trying to produce a harvest, there are things out there that are saying, oh, it's the time to eat up the green stuff. It's the time to eat up. Think about a deer. Now, if a deer had good sense, he would leave that tree alone. And let it grow, if it was a persimmon tree, he would would leave that little persimmon tree alone and he would not mess with it and he would let it grow to be 50 foot tall, 40 foot tall, and produce thousands of persimmons laying on the ground. But you know what a deer will do if it's just a little old bush and it's sitting there and he walks by it? He'll eat the whole top out of it, he'll kill the whole thing. He has no idea that it's one day going to feed him, he has no idea. And there's things in your life you have to be careful of because there are dangers in the spring because spring seems like nothing can go wrong. Spring feels like, man, we can do anything. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. For our vines have tender grapes. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the what? The lilies. Until... The day breaks, and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountain mountains of Bethir. He says, "Rise up, It's time. Rise up, it's, it's, it, wake up. Go him in your Bibles to the Song of Solomon chapter seven, verses 10 through 13. "I am my beloveds and his desires toward me." Come, my beloved, let us go forth to the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Why? Listen to what he says. Let us get up early to, the, early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine has budded, whether the grape blossoms are open and the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. Man, it's... The mandrakes give off a fragrance, and at our gates are pleasant fruits, all manner new and old, which I have laid up for you, my beloved. If you if you were going out on a date, and I, I first time I ever went out with Elise, I know Elise has a very high sense of smell. I have no sense of smell. I can't smell anything. It, it, I got hit with a baseball when I was young. And so I have no sense of smell. I haven't smelt anything since I was five or six years old. So I don't know what rose smells like. I don't know what perfume smells like. I don't know anything. I have no sense. And, and, and so it, 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 the first time we went out, you could, if God had a sense of humor to put me and Elise together, He has to sit in heaven sometimes and laugh. Because here I am, I don't even need to take a bath before I go to bed. It don't smell no different than I get up in the morning as it does when I... You you have to understand, to live with someone who has no sense of smell, nothing stinks. I go by how dirty it is. If the sheets have gone kind of brownish when they're supposed to be white, then you need to change them. That, That means they're dirty, right? Now, me and Elise went on this first date, and I was so wanting to impress her. So I, I I bought some cologne, the kind she said she liked. I've never used cologne, never needed it. I use right garden, spray, spray, I'm done. That way, you know. And and, the, and what I made a mistake was, is that I didn't know they come in different ways. Like you can buy squirt bottles, you can buy well, I just bought a, a bottle. And when I opened it, it didn't have a squirt bottle. It just like so I'm thinking it's like aftershave. Man, i putting that stuff all over, you know, everywhere. I don't stink anymore. Man, I got in the car, and I, at least I, I cannot imagine what she was thinking the whole day. Because she's locked up in the car, window's up, and we're riding to eat. We ride back, and, and she never complains. She never, she never, but later... She told me, she said, that was the most God-awful moment of my life. She said, you have no idea how bad I was about to die. I was choking. What he's saying here is, you want to fall in love with something? If you want to fall in love with something, get a glimpse of what it can be. Without vision, people... But with vision, people arise. What spring is, it's the vision of what can be. There's no fruit yet. There's no, oh, but man, just it's it, we are, we are turning the corner. Everything. Vision gives you the ability to be able to see your life in a different way. You don't see all the fruit yet. It isn't all there, but but you don't need all of that. You just need the limbs to start putting out. You just need, as he describes, he says, let's go walk together. Let's go walk together. And as we're walking among the mandrakes, as we're walking among the figs, as we're walking among the pomegranates, as we're walking among the blooms and the blossoms, he says, you know what you're going to do? You're going to fall in love with me. Why? Because you're going to see it's going to bring to life oh. Spring means life is coming. Spring means possibilities. Spring means I can dream again. Spring means what, what, just imagine what could happen in my life. Spring is the most beautiful season there is among the four. Ser- Spring is the most gorgeous season. It is the greatest season because it is full of the most incredible possibilities. Not only is it the most beautiful season, it's what's taking place that, that is so incredible. Listen, the ground has, what, what has taken place, Brother Lott? Well, the ground has started to warm up. And what you saw in winter was the sap that had gotten hard and it couldn't move. And so because the sap could not move, it is stuck, and it can't push forth anything during that season. See, in wintertime, you think you're dying, but what it is, it's, it's, it's taking everything I've got to just hold on to what's in me. It's not that it's gone; it's just dormant at the sea. And when you go through that winter season, like we described, and it's it's a moment where it's like, brother, all I can do right now is just hold on. That's good. No, it's not good. I want to say it's okay. That's a season, but but you're not dead. You're, you haven't gone. You're just waiting for the warmth. You're waiting for the vision of God. You're waiting for that thing to take place that makes you and reminds you. You can say our marriage is no good, and, and you can say, man, we're having our. But it's amazing how you can you can plan something and go out on on a, on a weekend or say, hey, we're going away for the weekend. We're just going to go and get a place, and we're going. And you know what? When you come back the next week, how is it? It's warmer. Why? Because you took it out of winter and you gave it some warmth. You gave it some vision. You gave it some, some this. And what happens? All of a sudden the sap then, when it's like that, begins to push forward. It starts to pull from the nutrients of the ground and everything is warming up. And so what it does is it pushes it out. It's always been there. This, in this pot, everything was already there in the dirt, in the limbs, everything. It wasn't until the warmth hit it that it could release and loosen up the sap to where what was in it could start to push forth. In your life, it works the very same way. It begins to tell us there's a promise of a harvest. It begins through the buds and through the leaves. It begins to reveal to us, we can call it vision. Look at the person beside you and say, do you have a vision? You have a vision for your marriage do you have a vision for your life do you have see if you're in winter you don't have a vision in in winter you're just like i'm just i'm just i'm just hanging in there it's not that it's dead when people tell me oh man our, our our marriage died no it didn't you just stuck in winter and you never brought warmth to create vision again you you just kept you kept thinking well it'll change No, not as long as you're sitting in this refrigerator. It'll it'll change. No, it won't. The seasons begin to change, and then God begins to say, let me show you what can be. It may be your life, your career. You may be working in a job, and one day you see a commercial on TV about going back to college, and all of a sudden it's like, man, that's what I need to do. I, I need to. Does it mean that you're going to get your degree tomorrow? No, but what? It's a spark of what? Of summer. It's a spark of spring. It's a vision that's trying to, trying to warm you up and say, okay now. It's, it's, it's him sitting there looking through the lattice. Well, yeah. And she's sitting there like, mm. and he's saying, come on now. You know you want to come on here and talk to me. And she gets up because she gets, she doesn't get him, she gets a glimpse. See, some of you are going to have to learn in your spiritual walk, you're never going to go get the whole enchilada the first day. It's not going to go from zero to a hundred. It's going to go from zero to ten. A zero to a spark. Moses sitting out in the desert, seeing a burning bush. And God says, Go, go get our people out. Don't worry. I'm, I'm... By the time you get there, Moses, I'll already have wiped Egypt off the mountain. No, he got a spark. He got a stick. And he got his brother in law. He got, he got, he got his brother. He got, he got all of the stuff that, that he needed, but All he got was some leaves and he came there and said, let my people go. What did Pharaoh do? Well, then you'll make more bricks. That's not exactly what God told us was going to happen. It took 10 plagues. It took time. It took, But it started with God saying, Moses, let me give you a vision of what's going to happen. When you get married, you got married because there was this vision of what life was going to be. Did it turn out that way? Don't even answer that. It just means that God gave you a vision and he says, that's the possibility. That's what, and, and it's a spring moment that you get a chance to choose. Yes, I'll get up from where I'm at. Yes, I want to smell the flowers. Yes, I want to see the life coming. Yeah, I want to visualize it. I want to see it take it. That's why it's the most beautiful. It's nothing more beautiful in spring when we were talking about the building and, and, and building this for the kids man last october i was the most excited person in the world cuz man i had this vision i i saw how god's going to do it we we, had, we the spring was taking place we had closed on the land and so this and i was thinking yes man we're just going to we're going to throw this thing together it's now march I'm, in, I'm getting close to summer. And I'm thinking, I see leaves. I see, I see a piece of this. I see, I see that. I, I, I walk out there hoping to see something. And God says, it's not happening as fast as you thought. And I want to say, God, it ain't happening at all. And God's like, no, no. Just, just look. It's, it's moving. It's not there, but it's moving. Just, just remember the vision. It is the most awesome time because all the possible, when you move into the summer, it's not as much fun because now the reality, but in the spring, oh, it's going to happen so easily. When I do marriage count, premarital counseling, it's, it's so funny watching couples. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to work it out. It ain't no problem. We're going to miss. Bro, a lot, we don't probably need this. I'm like, I know. I know. I'm just wasting your time. I know that. Y'all got it all figured out. But it may come a time some of this might help. And I'm thinking, man, spring is wonderful. Can't nothing go wrong. You can't, I mean, everything's wonderful. And then summer, the hot days. But what happens in the spring prepares you for those hot days of summer. Let, let me show it to you this way. Why is there such a danger, brother? Like, listen, because everything is fragile. I, I, I never like to hold babies. I, don't think it's because I I'm, don't like babies. They're just so fragile. I don't, I, I, I don't like it. I, I can look at a baby's finger and I think, if I wanted to, I could just pinch it off. You ever you ever think that? I think crazy things like that. I'm like, I'm like, it's it's barely a twig. You ever see a baby's fingers? I mean, they're just little twigs, and you're like, you're like playing with them. I'm thinking, man, if I squeeze too hard, I cut the circulate, the whole thing will die. Like, take this thing back. <laughs> Send it back to me when it can fall off of something. It can bruise, bump, but not 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 damaged. And some people love that. Oh, it's so fragile. It's, so, it's just... A... And there's danger and there's glory. It, that's why babies are so beautiful and they're so fragile. Because it, it wouldn't take anything to just break a limb. If I broke that limb off... Now, whatever that was supposed to become could never be. I don't have to take a saw. I don't have to take it. Just 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 a little yurt, and I would destroy the whole future of that thing. So, vision is is beautiful, but it's also damn. I can I can look at vision and I can say, oh man, I got to be careful with this. It's because it's fragile. The, the blossoms will fade. They will they will go with me in your Bibles to John. 15, and let's reread this one more time. John 15, I know I'm really going to make them pull this up, verses 1 through 8. And this is what Jesus is talking about, how fragile you are. When he talks about John 15, he, he's speaking to the disciples. These are grown men. These are, these are men that have followed him for three years, and he looks at them and says, y'all need to be careful because you're fragile. John 15, 1 through 8. I'm read that real quick. We're just going to go through it. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Keep a rolling. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He cuts or He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already cleaned because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in where? He he says, do you know how fragile you are? Do you realize that if if you're just disconnected from me, your whole life is done? Do you realize that if if you're disconnected from me, there's nothing, it's over. You can't can't do anything, you can't produce anything, you're you're not, you'll work as hard as you want, but you will die trying. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, but without me you can do. Do we think of that way when we get up for morning to go to church? Do we think like that when we decide whether we're going to read our Bible in the morning or, or we're going to spend time with God or we're going to pray? Do we have it in our mind that if I don't do this, I'll die? If, if I don't do this, I will die. If I don't, if I don't spend time with him, I'll die. If I, don't, if I don't pray, I'll die. If I don't read my Bible, I'll die. That's what he's telling them. He's saying, listen, you'll die. I know in our Christian world now where everything's about us, that seems like a hard statement, but it's true. You can still do all the motion. You can still sing all the songs. You can go do everything you want to do, but you will be dead because the only life that's in you comes from that vine. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire as they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it shall be... Think of your prayer life when you, when, when you are connected with Jesus. Think of the prayer life that you have. It's not just, well, let's just pray. Maybe God will... No, no. I like the way one guy says it, and when he, when he hears a word from God, he always uses this phrase. He'll, he'll point his finger and he'll say, If I know my God, then this is going to happen. And he, and he uses that phrase, If I know my God, and I like that. I, I want to try to incorporate that more into what I say. That's a phrase that I want to learn better because what he's saying is, I'm connected. And if I'm, if I'm connected, let me tell you what I'm telling you is fixing to happen because it's coming straight from the vine and I'm just a branch telling you what God is saying. If I know my God or if he can say, if I'm connected to my God or if I've got life flowing through me, if i I'm telling you it's going to happen. If I know my God, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desired. It shall be done for you. Verse eight. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples, an ever-learner, constantly learning. The problem that we have in spring, the, the fragileness of it is because when this is warming up, when this is warming up, everything is trying to grow. All of this, all this sap, everything... And, and when I grew tomatoes for the first time, anybody ever grown big boy tomatoes? Those big boy tomatoes? There's some things you need to know that I didn't know. First off is that you don't just stick it in the ground and it grows. And not all the growth that you see is good growth. I, that was the part I didn't realize. I had this bush growing. And I thought, it is awesome, man. It's green. It's got leaves. It's, it's going to produce tomatoes. And there was never any tomatoes. And I kept all the grass, but the bush kept growing. and I thought, what is wrong? Finally, my dad, I described it to him. He said, Tim, he said, son, you got to break off all them small little branches. All, he said, those are sucker vines. I said, sucker vines? He said, I said, they're tomato plants. He said, no, no. They're, they're connected, but what you want is that one big stalk in the middle to come up, and, 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 and you got to break off, or otherwise it will suck all the nutrients out. You'll have a bush, but it won't have any tomatoes. Some of y'all don't grow tomatoes. Y'all, y'all are like learning this, right? So I'm saving you. A lot of pain. You're going to grow a bush in your pot one day and you're going to think, what went wrong? It's because you don't need 12 stalks. You need one healthy big stalk that's the main vine and everything. And so I started breaking them off. The only problem was it had been so long that it was too late. All the spring nutrients, everything that was in that seed, everything that was supposed to come up through that vine had already gone out in 12 others. And I had a beautiful bush that could not produce decent tomatoes. Let me tell you about what spring is. As the writer says, you've got to keep the little foxes away. You got In your life, there are going to be sucker vines. There are going to be things that suck the vision from your life. They seem like they're, they're not hurting you, they seem like, and, and they're not going to kill you. But what they do is they distract and they suck enough of the life from you that you can't put the energy you need to accomplish what God called you to accomplish. They will continually just keep sucking life and suck. If you thought in your life right now, what is it that God has told me, man, here's where I need to be. Here, here's where we need to be. Here, Here's where my job, here's where my marriage, here's where my kids. But yet, oh, I, I, I want to have kids and health and I have all this time and all this. Oh, But, you know, I've already taken on this other project and I've already got this other stuff going on. I got this other and I just ain't got time. They're sucker vines. And in your life, you have to be very careful as God starts to birth something in you and says, This is important. That you don't let the other things in life destroy it. Go with me to Luke 15. I'm going to show it to you in a, in a parable real quick. I'm going to show you what spring looks like and how it everything I just shared with you works. And it's a story that you know really, really well. But I want to show it to you from the perspective of understanding it as spring. Listen. In Luke 15, beginning at verse 11, it's the story of the prodigal son. And he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Okay, so what is taking place here is there is a son who is in summer. There's a son who's living in summer right now. What is summer? Man, I got everything I need. I got stuff left over. Man, the harvest is good. The only problem is he he doesn't realize that it has come because of his father. He's got a good life, he just doesn't realize it's come because of his dad. See, he's a branch and he's got fruit coming off of it. He's living a good life and he's thinking, man, this is the way it should always be. What he doesn't realize, it's not coming from him, it's coming from his father. He's living in summer. And during the summer, he's thinking, man, I'm always going to have stuff. Man, I'm always going to have it good. It's always going to be this way. And so he looks at his dad and he says, I'm sick and tired of of, of being attached to you. You, You're holding me back. There's a lot of things, dad, I want to do, but I can't do it because I live here. If I wasn't living here, I could do so much more. I know this may sound like your life story. There's so many things I could be doing, so many more people I could hang out with. You won't even let me bring my buddies over to the house. You don't even like my friends. You don't, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff that's going on that I want to do. And here I am. You don't know who I am, Dad. You, you ain't, do you know who I am? Dad, look at all the stuff I do. Man, look, look at, I'm telling you, Dad, I've got it together. And in summer, he looks at his dad and he says, I want to be detached from you. And the dad says, fine. He splits what he has, loads him down with all the fruit he can have. Man, he's got more fruit hanging off him right at that moment. He is just, oh yeah, give it all to me. Then he cuts him loose. He doesn't do it. The young son, listen. And the young, younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. He, he, he said, I don't need help. I don't need it. So he went into fall. Fall is that time where you start to eat up what you got. Remember those times in your life you just kept eating it up, using it up. You're you you, 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 was, you was living on your reserve, emptying bank accounts, taking out a second loan, doing whatever you got to do to keep the lifestyle, to keep living, to keep feeling like you got it together, keeping the image up so that everybody thinks you still the good and, and inside you know it ain't good. And so he went through fall and finally got to winter. Listen, not many days after he did this, but when he had spent all, verse 4, there arose a severe famine in the land. You know what season that was? Winter. The only problem with him is he's facing winter where? Detached. He is close to being dead. Dead. He is close to being thrown out and burned in a pile with the other branches. He is close to a point to where he's like, I ain't coming back from this. And so when he had spent all there, he arose to a severe famine in the land. he began to be in will winter. What do you do in winter? What would you do in winter? Well, I just give up. I'll just learn to be the way it is. I think we have a new phrase in our world now. It's the new normal. That's the stupidest thing you'll ever hear. Just listen, just take it from past life. Somebody ever says that to you, just say, my pastor said that's the stupidest thing a person can say. Because there's no such thing as a new normal. God said there'll always be Seasons. He never said anything about, you just always going to get used to your tree being like that. No. Tree's meant to produce more fruit. Pre- we, we've moaned from farmers to this new age type thinking, but God says, I'm still a farmer. Not only am I thinking about another season, I'm thinking about a bigger season and a better season. I ain't thinking about a new normal. I'm thinking about winter. Yes, yes, you got winter. Yes, it's it's cold, and I got to prune and I got to cut away what don't belong. I got to get rid of it. And that prodigal son's sinking there, and he's thinking, "How in the world did I get here? Lord, I am dying out here. Listen to how bad it got. But when he had spent all he had, he had gone, and, and and famine in the land. He began to be with want. Next verse, he 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 went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the being a Jewish boy, this was like you'd just rather die than to go out and have to take care of pigs. Pigs were, they weren't even kept in the same area that where where real Jewish people would be considered. They they were kept in faraway cities. Even when Jesus had the swine that ran into the... He had to go across the river to another city where they kept them in a certain area near graveyards because you didn't have pigs near any good ground. You kept sheep near good ground. The pigs grazed in the graveyard. We don't want them in there. And here he is, oh. and he went and joined himself to a sitter, and he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. In other words, while he's feeding them pieces of corn, pieces of shucks of this, he would, he would ooh, there's still something on that. And before a pig could get to it, he was nibbling on it. If I could just get enough of it to fill myself up. I can't find enough to chew on to get full. That's winter. I'm dying. He would have gladly filled his stomach with a podge of the swine. And no one gave him winter. Nobody cares. Nobody's helping me. Nobody but what is winter? It's the promise that what's coming? Spring. Listen to the next verse. But when he came to himself, when he got a glimpse of what could be, when he got a, just a, just a glimpse, oh, man. Oh, I can see it now. What could he see? He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with... You know what vision he caught? He caught a vision that he was going to go and ask his father's hired servants to feed him. That was it. This was his thought. His thought was, if I walk back to my father's house, And I sneak around and I find old brother so-and-so and and old brother sister so-and-so who work for my dad. I know they got some extra bread. And I'll just, I'll just sleep outside and I'll just get from them. God didn't tell him. The vision didn't start with, I'm going to walk up to my dad. He's going to give me a new robe and some shoes and this. That's how you think. And that's why you ain't been in winter long enough. Some of y'all need to stay in winter a little longer. Winter's good for you. It'll make you remind yourself that you die without Him. Paul said, I, I can't even breathe another breath without Him. We already know you can't add one hair to your head. We already know you can't make yourself one inch taller. We already know that you can't, you can't add one day to your life if God says today's the day. You can't do one thing, but yet you still think, I got it. You need to stay in winter a little bit longer. Get Just get good and cold. Mm, It's cold in this house. It's cold in this bedroom. It's cold in this workplace. It's cold in these kids. It's cold. Why? Because you need to realize you ain't got no life without him. I'm not trying to be ugly to you. I'm trying to tell you winter has a purpose. It's trying to get you to realize spring when it comes. Realize what you're getting. You're getting the promise of a future. And in just a moment, God gave him a glimpse and he says, I know what I'll do. I'll go get some bread from the servants of my dad. He started heading out. Listen. But when he came to himself, he said, this is what I'm going to do. Next verse. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your... Let me eat from so-and-so's table. I know they got some food. I'll sleep with old brother so-and-so. I, I know he works for you. I'll live in his bedroom. I'll live in his spare house. I'll live in on his couch. Just, just, Just let me have some food. But listen, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. and Bring the fatted calf here, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead. And is alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. And they began to be what? See, the son caught a glimpse of what life could be. But I'm going to tell you the longest road you'll ever walk in your life. The longest road you'll ever walk in your life is the road from the pig pen to your father's house. Because it is the most dangerous road there is. Remember I told you I don't like to hold babies? Because they're so fragile. Can you imagine what the old devil was telling that boy every step as he kept coming back home? Can you imagine what the foxes were chewing on as he was just a young spring? Spring was young. I I got just a glimpse, Sam, that I I can at least have life again. I may not be what I was, but I can at least live. Every step of the way, the enemy's like, you know he ain't going to take you back in. Boy, what's your brother going to say about you? You'd be lucky if he don't just tell you and tell his servants to beat you and send you on your way. Think of all the things we would think that we have thought. From that place where we sit in that pew in winter. And God gives us a glimpse while you're sitting there of what life could be in your marriage or life could be in your house and life could be with your kids and life. It's a long walk from where you are to where we come and let God put His arms around us and say, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. I love you. That's what the Shudamite woman learned. She would say about herself, I'm dark and I'm 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 dirty. I've been a I've been I've been a servant woman all my life. It, I, I don't deserve your love. I don't But what a moment when she finally realized He's my love and He loves me. What a great moment of spring it is when you finally realize, yes, there are winters, but spring is the greatest moment of your life because it goes from seems like nothing to vision. It goes from I don't see anything, I don't see no way to where somebody's putting a ring back on your finger and somebody's putting clothes back on you and he's saying we got places to go. We got places to go. Lord, I don't desire... Shh, 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 don't worry about that. That's your past. It's gone. But but I, I I don't... You're my child. I love you. And the reason you got that vision is because I put it in you. The reason you have it is because I gave it. And I didn't give it because I don't love you and I won't get you there. I put it in you because I will. You're in this room today, the longest walk you'll ever make in your life is that walk from winter to when God gives you a spark and says it, it, it can be good again. It can be great again. Lord, I don't see how. I've, I've said things. I've done things. that work. I don't see how you go. The life is not in the branch. Life is in the... Therefore, I even in in, in the most difficult visions, even in the most biggest moments. Right now, I'm terrorized, terrified, and excited all at the same time. People, people when I talk through this last few days, they're like, well, I bet it's exciting. I'm like, yeah, that's one word for it. Because it's, it's, it's humbling to know that I have absolutely no ability within myself. But it's exciting to know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And those two run side by side. I can do nothing, but at the same time, I can do everything. And that's what God calls you to. To look at your life and say, God, I can't do anything without me. But don't stop there. I can't do it. You're right. But with me, Tim, with me, (laughs) no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. That's the life God called. That's spring. Spring is when I remind myself the possibilities of what life can bring. And God begins to shoot through me new vision and new life. Will you stand? Whoever you are this morning and whatever winter looked like for you it wasn't meant to hurt you. There was things that had to be checked out. There's things that needed to be cut loose. There's things that you need to realize couldn't sustain you. But all of it was to get you to the next season which is called spring. Where God begins to look at you and say, let me show you the possibilities. Let me show you what can be. And the hardest walk, the hardest decision is when you let God start flowing through you again. When you start feeling like that woman in the Song of Solomon, feeling the love of the one that is your beloved, wrapping his arms around you and you realize, I am loved. It is the son who's standing there trying to tell his dad, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. And the father says, hush, boy. And while you're saying I don't deserve it, he's putting clothes on you and shoes on you. It's called spring. It is the most beautiful season. It is the most beautiful season. It reminds us of all the possibilities and everything God's going to do. And for some of you in this room, you need spring to brush forth in your life. You need to come out of your winter. Yes, it was cold. And yes, it's been hard. But you're not dead. It's time to shoot forth your leaves. It's time to put forth the blooms. It's time for your mourning to be turned to praise and fragrance to change. It's time. Father, for that person right now, that's feeling you. That feels your arms around them right now. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Let their spring burst forth. Let it break forth in this room. Their life is not over. It's not dormant. It's just transitioning into this season. And a summer and a harvest is coming. I speak that in Jesus' name. Let them feel the warmth and the vision and the possibilities rise again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Go give that devil fits.